Harvest of Hope podcast with your co-hosts, Kim Stanley and Martha Wilson. Who couldn't use a little hope, encouragement, and inspiration? Tune in every week as we share heart-to-heart conversation with other hope seekers. Join us at the table for real talk that will meet you right where you are. So go ahead, press pause on worry, overwhelm, and crazy, and breathe in God of hope. Welcome, friends, to episode nine of A Burst of Hope. We're so thankful that you're here with us today. We hope you had a great Thanksgiving week last week. I know we did. Um, And today, we're so excited to welcome a friend, Priscilla Carr, to the podcast. Martha and I both know Priscilla from Touching Hearts Women's Ministry, and we have just, I have enjoyed getting to know you better these last few months. I have great respect and admiration for Priscilla because she is the editor and producer of this podcast. So we're so thankful for you, Priscilla, because we wouldn't have a podcast if it weren't for you. And you do such a great job in helping us with the sound at Touching Hearts, and she's just an amazing, gifted woman. So we're so thankful you're here today to share your your story. Glad to be here. Yes, we are, Priscilla. And it's like, it always blows my mind that there's people like you that love technology and love doing all that computer stuff because I'm clueless. As you know, when we (laughs) began our uh, new beginning of Touching Hearts, um, you sent me all of the pictures and the uh, directions of how to set up the sound. And I said, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. (laughs) that, but... Uh, that is so necessary, you know, but beyond that, just to know you and have seen God's transforming mm. work in yeah. you has been amazing. So I don't get it, Priscilla, but I think maybe this technology piece might have more of a story than we realized. Oh, it, it definitely does. It, it's definitely a God story. And um, I don't even know where to start and how he actually took um, my life and turned it around and, and gave me life actually gave me hope mm. so this is definitely my story is definitely a God story of um, hope oh, and we're so looking forward to hearing it today and that all of our new podcast friends are going to be encouraged by your story mm-hmm. so thank you for sitting at the table with us today and sharing sure this is not my comfort zone you know I'm definitely a behind the scenes type person so during the production of the um, of the podcast and working with electronics, um, as I said, that's a gift from God. Um, a little bit about my background. Um, I um, went to college to be a psychology major. Oh. I wanted to be, a, I guess, a psychologist was the ultimate goal. So um, I was in college. I went to a college in Ohio. And um, I had a bad turn of events, um, and I actually had to leave the college. So what happened was I had gotten to the point of um, being super depressed there. Um, It was actually a week after my 21st birthday that I, um, my second attempt at suicide. Mm. And... The first attempt, I was was in the hospital for a bit, and um, a few months later, the second attempt actually almost killed me. Mm. So I had to leave the college. I remember my mother, stepfather, and 
Uh, my little sister at the time, she's 16 years younger, so she was four. And um, they came up and took me home. Mm. And for a few weeks, I, I couldn't even walk. Mm. There was so much um, uh, medication in my system and, and everything was in disarray. My family didn't know what was going on with me and, and I barely spoke as far as telling what was wrong. You know, I was very closed mouth and, and so um, I saw a counselor, of course. I had to see a counselor every day for um, a few weeks um, just so they could know that everything was okay with me. So fast forward a bit, I um, actually started working in a bank. So I had a, found a job as a bank teller and um, that was interesting, you know, to get a job where you walk it in the morning and they give you twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> like ideal job. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, initially that was fun because it was just learning the job and and um, interacting with the customers. That was a lot of fun for me. But it got to be monotonous. Mm -hmm. And so I needed a challenge, you know, and, and after you learn it there's you know, you're doing the same thing every day. Mm -hmm. So I started checking the newspaper back then. This was in, um, oh goodness, 1980s, so 1984, 85 time frame. So back then we actually, you know, had newspapers. Classified ads, right? You're aging yourself. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> so I checked the classifieds looking for maybe a different job, a better job. So I noticed a job offer in there and it said, um, exciting job but must be willing to relocate and I was very much willing to relocate it relocate because I wanted a different job different um, place um, there were some challenges at home so um, I was looking for something else and so I called the number and I found out it was a job for the Navy and it was actually a naval job, and it was like, you know, come work for the Navy, see the world. Wow. So at that point in my life, I was like, there's no way. <laughs> I didn't know anyone who was in the Navy, especially any women. So um, I had a stepbrother who had joined the Navy, but, you know, I didn't know any women who were, you know, part of the military. So I just filed that in the back corner of my mind and kept working at the bank. But... You know, I think the Lord was pushing me because I did not, I could not get satisfied working at the job I was mm -hmm. at. So I started looking again. And so a few months later, I checked the classifieds again. And there was another ad um, worded differently, but it was the same, you know, it was the U.S. Navy. <laughs> so I said, okay, let me check this out. So I went in took the ASVAB, which is a, you know, a battery of tests that they give you to find out what your best, what the job, how you could best serve the Navy, really. So um, I had wanted to be an air traffic controller. So I um, had qualified for it except for my vision. My vision's very poor, so I couldn't do that. But they found a job for me. So after nine months, because I was in... Um, they call the delayed entry program. So I waited for nine months, and then I joined the Navy. So how I got into electronics is a whole different turn. 
and just seeing, you know, in retrospect, how the Lord worked that out. Um, how it happened was because of my suicide attempt, I could not get the clearance that I needed to work in the job that the Navy had for me. So I was so disappointed and I really just wanted to leave the Navy. Um, but I had some, um, the company commanders there, they convinced me to stay in the Navy. Mm -hmm. So I decided to stay and I went to a ship. So I was on a ship without a particular job field. So they called it um, being non-designated. So I was working um, with the navigators. So I was um, working with the uh, captain and the XO and, and a group of quartermasters and we actually helped steer the ship by wow. the stars and wow. by um, radar. So a very hmm. interesting yeah. job. So I was doing that but I still didn't have a particular job field. I was working with them, but that wasn't my designation. I had no designation. So after being on the ship for a while, um, very closed in, it was a ship of 2,000 of us, and there were maybe about 200 women of those 2,000. So we were all in one birthing area, one sleeping area, and it was very cramped and Working on the ship is not like being taking a cruise. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I know a little bit about that because okay. my first husband was in the Navy and okay. I got to get on, go on the ships oh. and in the submarines. So yes. I can oh, wow. picture what you're talking about. Yes, mm. very cramped quarters. Right? Yes. Yes. So um, it wasn't the place where I wanted to spend the rest of my um, naval career. <laughs> and I really needed a job designation. So since I was working with the quartermasters, I went to personnel while we were actually, what we call underway, while we were actually sailing. And um, I spoke with her and I asked, you know, what jobs are available? So I was working with the quartermasters, so she checked to see if there were any schools available. There were not. So I said, well, I'm interested in photography, so maybe I can work in photography. Are there any photography schools available? And she said, no, there are none. So I said, so what's available? She said, um, well, um, electronics. And I said, no, I know absolutely nothing about electronics. Mm -hmm. I have no interest in that. I don't want to do that. And then she said, well, you won't have to come back to the ship. <laughs> so I said, okay, sign me up. <laughs> that worked well for you. It worked perfectly. And the amazing, amazing part of it, part of my God story or me being in God's story, mm -hmm. is that I love electronics. I loved wow. it. The Lord knew that that was that the job field for me. I knew nothing about it. So I actually went to school for close to two years to learn electronics. So I was in Navy schools and, and um, learning the field, learning how to um, actually repair equipment, uh, maintain and repair equipment. So I did that for the rest of my naval career. I was stationed in Guam. Oh. And so I was at Guam and I learned basically the stuff I learned in, in um, school. I learned how to put it and apply it. And so I learned, you know, computers. I learned um, maintenance of equipment, um, aviation equipment. Um, so it, just an amazing time. 
that the Lord knew that that was something that would interest me because I, I love the, the intricacies of learning, a, you know, electronic equipment. And basically, it wasn't like psychology in that, you know, psychology is very subjective. And when you're dealing with people, there are so many avenues um, that things can take. So it's hard to pinpoint what an issue is. But with electronics, it was usually either it worked or it didn't. And you can figure out why it didn't work. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the ones and the zeros, the on and the off, it was, you know, I just loved it. So the Lord knew that that was the field for me. Ah, what fascinating story and how you, the surprise of God just right here. It's just kind of like you didn't know that desire was, you had no desire within you that you knew of, but he he uncovered it. And since he created and fashioned Mm -hmm. and, made us yes. uniquely. That's a part of that psalm. Is it psalm 139? You are fearfully, fearfully and wonderfully, wonderfully made. made. Yes. Absolutely. And every intricate detail of you, he knows. Yes. And I love, I love how we see that through your story. He knew you. Yes. And surprise! <laughs> and it's, what's even more amazing is that he knew me, but I didn't know him at that time. Wow. Um, I say that I was um, growing up, um, at about seven, six or seven years old, I said, you know, I want Jesus. So in that childish, you know, desire for him, you know, I knew a little bit about him. And I think he honored that. And I think he does honor those little girl, little boy um, um, desires to know him. Yeah. So, but at that point, I hadn't made a commitment to live for him. I hadn't asked him to, um, you know, I had asked him as a child to come into my life, but as an adult, knowing, you know, him and and walking with him, I hadn't known him. But that was another part of me being in the Navy. Um, In August of 1990, a couple of months before I left the Navy, I accepted fully the Lord and desired him. And um, so he took my life on even a, a course that I had no idea of, you know, I went from being totally hopeless. This is the amazing part to me when I think back on it, totally without hope, um, committed suicide, went into the Navy. Um, he took all of that and gave me a career. Mm -hmm. And I say that because after I left the Navy, I started working for the FAA, Federal Aviation Administration in electronics. And I did that for 30 years, you know. The Lord took that from this girl who was totally hopeless to one who, um, he gave a career, knew what my heart's desire, what would satisfy me, what would, you know, um, float my boat, so to speak, you know. Mm -hmm. And he did that and then gave me a career with the FAA. And it's just amazing, this God that we serve. So going from without hope to one who is hopeful in him, faith in him that he's going to do, you know, take us to the step, to the place where he wants us to be. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. 
it's such a personal story, like you were saying, how he knew you. He made you. It's like, yes. you know, we go to the owner's manual. <laughs> we want to fix something. Yes. God knew you before you really knew yourself or knew him yes. and still led you. And I love how he was so purposeful, even in the newspaper article where the name <laughs> kept popping up. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. You just see him highlighting that. Hello. <laughs> and he's this so good like that. Yes, and you were, I mean, to go from... It's such a beautiful picture of all of us. We go from death to life. Yes. And literally, yes. we are born dead, and and then he brings his new life, and that life is so full yes. and abundant, and and uh, and I just and more love than it. we could it, imagine. Yes, you know? and I had no idea. That's right. You know, electronics from psychology to electronics. Mm. You know, yeah. Um, I had no idea that I would love that, and. It's like you said, Kim, he does that. He has the owners, man. He knows mm-hmm. what would make us, you know, the most content mm-hmm. and that he would get the most glory out of. Yeah. And Priscilla, I really appreciate that you are willing to share about yeah. the the two suicide attempts because that that is the ultimate picture of hopelessness, yeah. a yes. life that is void of really life. Yes. And... To be in such a desperate place, and yet that made you cry out for something more. And I wrote down the word when you were first talking. You said, that ad said, be willing to relocate. Yes. (laughs) And there's that, you know, within us, like, whatever's, I don't know what that looks like, but if it will get me away from here, I'm going there. Yes. (laughs) But even in that... Mm -hmm. That would that was your desire. Get me out of this. Yes. So I'm willing to go anywhere, and I, I did not realize that your being in the Navy was not a military desire of no, yours. Not at it all. It was really an escape. It and was. You know, we can do that. We can so want to get out of where we are, and even in that, that His eye is on us. Yes. And you didn't even know to cry out to Him. Right. For help, but he preserved you. He hemmed you in on every side. Yes. And little did you know that all along he was setting the stage of your life. And yes. How many? Thirty? Did you say thirty, 30 years? Thirty years in and, the FAA. Yeah. And you recently <gasps> retired. What's that word? <laughs> yes. So we celebrate the, yes. that retirement and a whole new life that God has in in front of you. And I see this in you, Priscilla. I think you've even shared this with me in recent days that, you know, you didn't retire to, oh, I'm done with life. Let me just sit down and read a newspaper. (laughs) Um, You retired um, as the Lord led you into retirement. And it's like, what do you have for me now? Yes. And I know that you are carefully guarding your time and your commitments that you can wait and hear from him what he wants you to be involved in Mm. i'm so thankful that he said yes be involved in this podcast with martha and kim but um there's not a runaway no in you anymore i don't see that no i'm i'm not running away to anything um i have run to the person jesus christ who um that's one thing I'm finding that he is the one that, you know, can take all the mess and all the confusion about what I should be doing, where I should be going. And um, he's going to take that and put me on the path that he wants me. I mean, he did that. 
even before I could even, it just amazes me that he would know me so well <laughs> that he would plot out my course mm -hmm. and say, Priscilla, this is what I have for you. And um, he would walk me through it because, you know, I'm walking, but just directionless. As you said, Martha, I'm glad you picked up on that. I was, I was running away. It's like, you know, get me out of here. I, I, you know, this is, this is not what I, what I want. This is not, um, satisfying in any way. Um, this, I don't feel safe. So I just ran and, um, now I'm running to a person, Jesus Christ, and he can hold me. Mm -hmm. And there's one verse that I love, and it's in the Amplified Version. It's um, Hebrews 13, 5. And the Amplified Version, I love it because it's, you know, amplified. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and it goes so much into depth, and it explains the verse so much. But this is one of the verses that God gave to me. Um one of the things that I was so afraid of was that I would be abandoned. Um, when I was 10, my um, mother and father divorced, and my father kind of walked away from the family. He was still physically um, in the area, and we would see him occasionally, but as far as having um, this, the, the knowledge that he would take care of me, um, I didn't have that, so everything became kind of, um, you know, shaky as far as, you know, who would be there for me. So it's Hebrews 13, 5, and I'll read some of 5. And it says, For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down, relax my hold on you, assuredly not. <laughs> so, you know, the Lord just wants us to know that he is committed to take us all the way home to Jesus Christ. And we don't have to know the answers. You know, we just run to the one who does. And so now I don't run away, I run to him. And um, even when sometimes I, I feel like I want to run away, um, he'll either have someone call me or say something or text me or I'll listen to a sermon and, um, you know, he'll just uh, lead me back to himself. So this has been a wonderful journey and I just shudder sometimes to think what I would have missed with that hopeless little 21-year-old young woman um, if the Lord hadn't, and he rescued me then. Mm -hmm. He still, he wasn't done with me mm -hmm. at 21 and hopeless. You know, he had the ultimate hope. So, and that's himself. Yes, it is. That's beautiful. I'm so thankful that you shared the verse um, this morning as I was praying and thinking about our time of recording. I had the thought, I wonder if she'll share her favorite verse because I know that to <laughs> yes. be one of your favorites. Yes, and it is. What assurance it is that I will not, I will not, I will not. Assuredly not. <laughs> and I am so thankful too because, you know, our friends that are listening in, I know that they're 
are many that need that assurance today. And we don't have to be in the depths of depression. We don't have to be near, you know, the ending of our life. We don't have to be there to desperately need to be assured that he will not abandon us, though everyone else may abandon us, that he will not. And he is in the middle of your darkest moments. All of those doubts and questions, disappointment, discouragement that you may find yourself in this morning, he's right there. He is aware of your thoughts, your plans, but he's got a greater plan for you than you can even imagine. And he will cut in. I love it. He will cut in (laughs) on our plans and he will circumvent it in such a way that we can't even believe what he's done. Amen. I love that. It's beautiful. I'm a a bit of a movie buff, so I think about that movie, Runaway Bride, and how all of us are have that story probably in us that we are runaway brides at some point. You know, if you remember that movie, she would get close to, she would get to the point of going down the (laughs) aisle and have her tennis shoes on and run away at the last minute until she met that groom that she felt she could trust. And he came after her, you know, he came after her. And, and I think that's the story. God comes after you. You had to learn to trust him for that intimacy. And now that's, I mean, that's the joy of your life. You know, you are his bride and we're all his bride. And we all may feel like running away at times, but if we will just listen and learn to trust the voice of our beloved, he is, he is a worthy bridegroom and he is full of love for his bride and he gives us great hope. And you have given us great hope today, (laughs) Priscilla. It's beautiful. And I'm so thankful, thankful that our listeners joined us today. They are going to be blessed and encouraged, I know, from what you've shared. So thank you. And thank you, friends, for joining us today. Be encouraged and have a wonderful day. Friends, thank you for joining us today for a burst of hope. Until next week, go ahead, receive his overflowing hope.